I'll read for verse 9. This is the continuing on a series on miracles. The title of this message is The Beautiful Collision. Coming together with Jesus Christ. Some of you are maybe unaware, but we have been gone through as Matthew goes through the miracles one by one. And then we've sometimes deviated Luke, but it is because simply Luke carries more details in Matthew's account. But it is miracle after miracle through Matthew. And I'm going to read this and then say a few things on it. Matthew chapter 9, reading for verse 9. There has been five miracles previous to this, and there's going to be five miracles following this event. This is the introduction as Jesus left Capernaum, he came upon a tax collecting station where a treacherous Jew was busy at his work collecting taxes for the Romans. His name was Matthew. Rather, Bible scholars who are far wrote this book, Matthew. This is his story. You are so good. His name was Matthew. Come, follow me, Jesus said to him. Immediately, Matthew jumped up and began to follow Jesus. A few things on Matthew. A treacherous Jew. Why was he a treacherous Jew? Because the Jewish people didn't like being ruled by anybody, whether it was the Babylonians or the Romans. If that happened to the Jewish people was they came under Roman rule. And there was this thing up forbidden that was taxes. If that happened with the taxes was simply this, that people would buy the taxes for the Roman government for the area or the province. So say, for instance, I could go to the government and say, I'll buy the taxes, the Hellbrochs taxes for a year if they cost uh, 1.5 million pounds. So tax collectors were very rich. And if I went and says, right, government, Nicholas Sturgeon, I'm gonna buy other taxes for a year, 1.5 million pounds. It's probably, it's mayor and that, but. And then it was up to me as a tax collector to do what I want. Rome is happy, the government is happy. That's why tax collectors was corrupt to the core, but they were rich before they started. And so they started taxing the people on absolutely everything. There was this tax for every wheel that they had on their carts, they were taxed per wheel. If they come in and they go out, it was tax, 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 tax. I mean, it's a good way to mark money. They had bought the taxes and their number one aim was to extract as much money for the citizens to mark themselves Richard, we must so far. But they were usually Roman citizens that were tax collectors. But Levi, that was to become Matthew after he followed Jesus, Levi was a local lad. He was a Jewish lad. It's a Jewish name. He's a traitor. How painful it is when people exploit you. But how much more Painful is it when one of your own turn on you? And this is Levi. Has to become Matthew, a treacherous Jewish tax collector. That's his background. 
But this is his story of conversion. Five miracles previous, five yet to come. And this is now in chronological order. So Matthew's now writing this book, or that's what happened in January, this what happened in February, this is what happened in June, this is what happened in 2001, and then this is what happened in 2010 and 2015. We can't it's now chronological order because we can the past five miracles at the very least he was there. He was there when Jesus healed the centurion's son. He was there when the waves were coming in and that stormy day at sea and Jesus calmed the waves. He was there with the cleansing of the leper. He was there. The disciples were with him, so he was there. But yet, in amongst all these miracles, he sits down and puts his end story. Front and center, in the middle, to the left, I was cleansing of the lepers. To the right, I was healing of blind eyes. To the left, our stormy sea is getting calmed. To the right, our deaf ears opening. To the left, there's a demoniac getting set free by his story. I wonder why he did that. Why do you think he did that? But my story in the middle. It's a most precious story. Oh, ah, is your own story. The day you said yes to Jesus is your most precious story. Now the miracles you see in faith and you got saved to the day. Or you could write about them. You could rejoice over them. You could teach for them. You get excited about them. But your story, the day you got saved, the day you said yes to Jesus, is the most important day of them all. It might have been in a bar. It might have been at church service. It might have been at the bingo. It might have been at your workplace. But that day, the day you said yes to Jesus is your greatest miracle. How often do we go up and go to prayer meetings and pray for other people's miracles? I want them to get saved. I want them to get healed. I want them to get set free. We stand in a gap for our families, our community, and our nation. But completely forget our salvation. Oh, our end miracle, the day I met Jesus. As I read this this week, every morning I've been getting up just saying, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, for that day, the day that I got saved. It's my favorite miracle. But my salvation's now your favorite miracle. Your favorite miracle is your salvation, the day you said yes to Jesus. God could blow out every other day of my life and it could be replaced with something similar. But then I blow out that day, Jesus. Every other day appeals in insignificance, but that day I said yes to Jesus in 2002 is the most precious of days. I wonder if it would happen if I said no to Jesus then. If it would have happened, how would my life have progressed? How would it have went? I've maybe seen some stuff. But the day you get saved is the day you'll forever be rejoicing. Is the day Jesus turned up in your life and says, come follow me. And you said yes. Hallelujah for that day. You said yes. And if you haven't said yes yet, you need to say yes. It's the best day of your life. 
The day you sense Jesus in the Spirit for will lead to an even better day. The day you see him face to face because you said yes to Jesus. Blow every other day and Matthew's writing the story of the gospel in the midst of every other miracle. He says, I want to tell you my story. To see young people at, um, doing it Limitless Festival, four of them saying yes for the first time. They heard Jesus come follow me in the midst of their youthfulness and their trials and temptations. I follow Jesus. He's worthy. Young people, it doesn't matter if you dee and told you the day he calls you home, you will always look back on that day as being the day that changed everything. Everything changed the day we met Jesus. And so this was an initial invitation. He knew for it was to scam people. He knew for it was to be ridiculed by his end people. He came for it was to be greedy to be rich beyond his wildest dreams. He knew nothing of being a disciple or on a rabbi or on a teacher. Yet, when this King Jesus turned up and says a few words, come follow me, he left it up. You may be here this morning, you're thinking, I'm too bad. I'm too much of a traitor. I'm too much of a liar. I'm too much of a thief. Look at Matthew's story. You can follow him. And he can empower you to follow him other days of your life. But never forget, forever you see from now until the end, never forget the amazing day you followed Jesus. And then it says, he jumped up and he began to follow Jesus. That was the initial invitation. And then we go on to our bringing share. That likes a good bringing share. Food, fellowship. Believers and unbelievers coming together. We like to eat. Hallelujah. And here's Matthew, unashamed. He says, this is what I've done. And he could have been writing this story. Nay, it is Matthew. He could have replaced the word Matthew with I. This is what I've done. Later, Jesus went to Matthew's house. He could have said, later, Jesus went to my house. I invited Jesus to my house. And Jesus made himself at home. Many other tax collectors and outcasts of society were invited to eat with Jesus and his disciples. He invited his chums, his tax collector, the outcasts, the people that was outside, was marginalized by society. And he connects his all friends to his new savior. What a witness. I'm not a big champion of ditching all chums for the sake of the gospel. I've got to say, if it's a very negative influence, especially if you've came for a lifestyle of drug addiction, be sensible, okay? But being a Christian is not separatist. And it's not separatist as you think. Because Matthew says this, I am putting on a meal, and I'm taking my all chums, the tax collectors, the outcasts, and I'm going to join the two together, I got here a feast. He's unashamed of this Jesus. That's how he can testify to his chums. He's unashamed of this new life. He's unashamed that he's left the past, but he's still got a heart for the people that are lost. They didn't ken this beautiful, colliding Jesus Christ. 
Because when you fall in love, you want to tell people. You want to announce it on Facebook. It seems simpler when I was young. When I was younger, it was chase the girl, get the girl, and tell your chums you got the girl. Because you're unashamed. Victory. Hallelujah. Young people these days seem to be very complicated because they've got this, we're just seeing stage. Oh, we're not, or is it speaking? So before that, they didn't speak. That'd have been fun. I get days like that as well. <laughs> and then we're speaking again. This is always, always good. It's complicated. If it does that mean we're just speaking? It means we're doing it in secret and everybody's canon just new, but fuck always find out. Young single woman, be careful of the guy that wants to keep you a secret. You want somebody that wants to tell the world we're going together. Maybe I'm just old fashioned. You want somebody that says we were going together, I'm going to stick us on Facebook, but we're too scared of getting hurt, so we're just speaking. We're just seeing each other. We're just keeping it a secret. Come on, far's young love these days. Shout with feather rooftops. Matthew says, I was a beautiful collision. I'm paying on a meal. Because I have fun, love. I have found destiny before when I was sitting at a tax booth. I was existing. But this Jesus has given my life, the God life, the Zoe life, life in abundance before I had everything I thought I wanted. I was rich beyond my wildest dreams. I seen one look at this guy and he gave my destiny. He gave me something I'd been searching for and wealth. And he says, I'm not ashamed. I'm going to put on a party. I'm going to invite my chums because they need the same thing that I have found. And that's upset a few people. When those known as the Pharisees saw what was happening, they were indignant. And they kept asking Jesus' disciples, why would your master dine with such low lives? When Jesus overheard this, it's a, it's a, a great way to do church, isn't it? Like it's church should be for the unsaved and the saved for the marginalized, for the lost, for the broken, as well as for the found. When you ever heard this, he spoke up and says, healthy people don't need to see a doctor, but the sick people do go for treatment. I'm not going to spend too much time on this because I can, as we said last week, there's more important things when it comes to unity. But Jesus was a saying as well, it's okay to go to doctors. He says, the sick people, they go to doctors. And we didn't want to say, get into the spiel or go into the doctors, it's like the doctors are demon-possessed and the NHS are full of devil worshippers and if you go to them, you're lacking faith. I can that Jesus heals. But if he hasn't healed me and I pray the prayer of faith, it's okay to go to a doctor. It's not a lack of faith. Jesus says, the sick, the physically sick, you, you go to a doctor. I can that Jesus is my provider, but I still, I like to ask for mortgage advice, isn't it? 
isn't it? Well, he's our provider. What do you need that for? Jesus has put people in our path and communities to help us, and one thing that helps us is good. One thing that alleviates suffering is good, and we'll pray the prayers of faith. Only Jesus can save us. It's okay to receive comfort for each other, even though he's the God of all comfort. He's El Shaddai, the God that provides, but if you lose your job, you'll get some benefits. But no, 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 that's lack of faith. Jesus says the sick, well, sick go to the doctor. It's not the main thing. If he didn't believe in doctors, he would say the sick shouldn't. They shouldn't go to a doctor. They should just come to me. The sick go to a doctor. Then he added, there was a main thing. Then he added, now you should go and study the meaning of this verse. I want you to show mercy, not sacrifice. People think that Jesus was just to, to rebuke the Pharisees. He loved them. And as a teacher, they seen him as teacher. I said, go study this verse. Tell me what you think. Go him, I'll give you a verse to ponder. And I desire all your sacrifices, all your do's and all your don'ts. I desire you to show mercy and to be merciful as I am merciful. And he says, for I have come to invite the outcasts of society and sinners, not those who think they are already on the right path. What's that got to do with doctors? He says, look, you're questioning why I'm doing this. He says, just as... Sick people go to a doctor. Here I am standing with these people, the sinners of society. The doctor will heal the body. He'll try and heal the body. I'm the great physician of the soul. For every person caught up in sin and shame, flock to me because I can heal the bit. The nepody sees. You see the sick people go to doctors and you recognize art. And Jesus says, I'm going to use that example. I'm going to twist it around. To these people that you see at the party, they want me at the party because they can, there's something lacking in their life. I can't really do nothing with them that think they're on the right path with Thutma. But I'll be found at the party where the people that recognize their inner need for me, the great physician. Hallelujah. We get caught up in physical needs. You can't, this wasn't going to pass this morning without the mention that everything is mentioned these days and coronavirus. We, hit, we need to talk about us, don't we? One thing that ends life is miserable. There's been two, as far as like Isabel's a great statistician with this, gives my daily, monthly, hourly updates. Two fatalities, I'm not making light of this, but is it two, three fatalities in Scotland, okay? All these in a panic, fear has gripped the nation. Antibacterial stuff now getting sold for a hundred pounds for a little bottle. 120. I'm in the wrong business. Yeah. Toilet roll. Fleeing off the shelves. Because of fear. 
and panic. The church's main concern is salvation. And sin is affected how much? In Scotland, every single person. Everybody's panicking with coronavirus and Christians are like, wah, 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 wah. But fat about the 100% infected global epidemic had sin that Jesus says, I will heal her. And Jesus says, I am the Savior. I will set you free. You see all these people running? Come to me. I'll save you. Come to me. I'll give you a plan and a purpose. Come to me, all who are weary and broken. I'll heal inside. I'll give you inner healing for your spirit, for your soul. I'll make you come alive. Just as you see Abdi run into the doctors, Jesus stands in the midst and answers their question. Look, you see that I am calling every single person on the planet to salvation. And there's only one Savior. Let the urgency be in the church, not so much about physical things. Let the urgency be, oh Jesus, to heal the disease or sin. That's what I'm convinced of, more than mere. Nobody's running about in fear and panic. The church needs some urgency. And then I'll be weary and doing good. Then I'll be downcast and then I get worried about that people, other people are worrying about. I'm not marking light or this that's sort of exploded. But I'm saying, church, we need to be ruthless here and say we need to go after the lost. And the only cure is not, it's not toilet roll we need. But we do need that. If we church for through it, it would get messy. <laughs> Auntie Buck's near the cure. Jesus is the cure for the worldwide disease or sin, and we need to be urgent about this. We need Christ to quicken our spirits to open our eyes to say, hey, it's time to go to the highways and byways. It's time to put on our meals we the unsaved. It's time to welcome him into fellowship. Never be judgmental, never be separatist, but said, Jesus loves you. We an everlasting love. He came to die for you so that you may live and live forevermore a full life. And one day you will see him face to face. Hallelujah. This was the engagement meal. Matthew had found the love of his life, the one that was worth Walking a waffle, eyes passed, but ticking his chums with him. And then we're going to go on. For here we come. We've got the introduction. We've got the beautiful collision. We've got the engagement meal for he's unashamed. Time for us to be unashamed that we're Christians and we love Jesus. And then he says this for verse 14. This is the wedding. It's a follow-on. We've got the introduction. We've got the engagement meal. Unashamed. The disciples of John the baptizer approached Jesus with this question. Why is it that we and the Pharisees fast regularly but not your disciples? Who enjoys fasting? 
انا جاي والله اوبع جون باپتايز اوف ديسايبلز واز سين اس واي وي غان ويز ثو اند وي ار ستراغلين يو جايز ار هيان فن ان ايتن ذاتس ا كويستشن هي سيز وي نوت سم ابوت يور ديسايبلز جيسس يو جايز ار هيان ابارتي ان ايتن ان اس We're fasting and gone with food and we're hungry. Explain that in Jesus. And he says this. Jesus replied, How can the sons of the bridal chamber grieve when the bridegroom is next to them? The days of fasting will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. He's saying this. My guys are part of our wedding because the groom's there. Now, a time of fasting will come, fun, you need to be sorrowful and sad as Phnom Tina wa. But Jesus didn't say that was to last the whole age of the church. He says, look, I'm going to wa, and they're going to be sorrowful and sad because unity with the groom and Christ is broken. But Jesus also said, it's better that I go because I'll send to you the comfort of the Holy Spirit that will never leave you as orphans. And he will testify about me and he will walk with you through every trial and storm a life and he will glorify Jesus within us and who would mend worn out clothing with new fabric when the new cloth shrinks it will rip making the whole worse than before who would pour fresh new wine in an old wine skin eventually the wine will ferment and make the wine skin burst so making all things new your life is now a patch up life Jesus didn't come to patch up the old new, old you. He came to make all things new, new wineskins, new wine. And they come to patch you up, new creation. They'll go a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. He makes all things new. And then he goes on and explaining, look, if I didn't do this, why Christianity following Jesus wouldn't work? He's saying this, if you go back, to verse 15. He says, my guys, we're at a wedding. You guys are grieving because of your union with me. He's saying, as my guys are at a wedding, you guys live a Yahweh life like you're at a funeral. You guys are grieving. And so you're lacking. You're gone without food. But my guys, my guys are at a wedding. Because I'm with them. Your guys are still under the law. Try to work towards Yahweh, work towards God, work towards Father. One day they'll die and their hope is that they go to heaven. They're working towards fasting, they're being religious, they're under the law. My guys are under grace. And it's a wedding because the groom is there. And they have everything they need in me for grace and truth has arrived through Jesus Christ. They don't need to look for love. Love is in the room. They don't need to look for hope. Hope is in the room. They are having a feast because Jesus is there. 
The only time you need to be sorrowful and sad is if you're a union with Jesus. If you're in fellowship with Him, you can feast. Or be sad if you're near in union with Jesus. But how is your Christian life? Is it more like a wedding? Or it's more like a funeral? It's such a disappointment. Ah, there's rules and regulations I have to live up to. I'm not allowed to go here. I'm not allowed to go there. I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be there. I have to eat the right things. I'm not allowed to eat some things. It's like a funeral. When you take a funeral, it's one of the most stressful things I'll ever do as a minister. And I'll say as we are reverence that there's no grace for a mistake at a funeral. Now you read and you read and you read for you've got to say and you lose sleep because you read for you've got to say. And you've got to get their name right, their middle name right, their birthday right. You've got to get their anniversary right. You've got to get for the grew up at right, you've got to get their school right, you've got to get their street right that they was brought up, you've got to get their mom and dad's name right, you've got to get far, they got married right, you've got to get their wedding day right. One mistake, boy. <laughs> it doesn't matter if else you've said, one mistake and you've had it. Fun they got saved if they had done a religious upbringing, there are places of employment, and some people it's quite easy because they only had two jobs. For some, it's a task because they've had 15 jobs. And you've got to get every in right, even though the shop that they used to work in doesn't even exist anymore. And you've got to look as so you can for your speaking of it. One mistake, and it's game over. Under the law. You're living it like a funeral. You think one mistake and God's going to ditch you like a hot potato. You think he's going to walk out that door because of one mistake. Now it's my joy as well to do weddings. The bride and the groom. As long as you get the vows right, you can say for you want. Within reason, there's a lot of grace at a wedding. Because people are there to have a good time. And people are there to have fun. And you can say a slight error. And it's okay. Because they're at a wedding. And they're happy to see the bride and groom come together. It's grace. It's wonderful. It's joyous. You do not turn up to a wedding like a turn up to a funeral, do you? No, a completely different approach. Feast at a wedding. Now, when you go to a funeral, sausage rolls and sandwiches and tea and coffee is the best you would expect. Am I right? If you get out, you're happy. Then I'll be serving me out in a wedding. Listen up, Nathan and Rebecca. Take notes. I got a wedding and you served me up sausage rolls and sandwiches. 
I'm expecting a three-course meal here. Come on. <laughs> Isn't it true? Jesus is saying, them guys, you're in grief. My guys. <sighs> My guys are eating. Everything they need. It's a feast. It's a celebration. There's grace. There's love. There's music. Matthew is thanking. This is his salvation story, and he's recording it. But made all things new, new wine, and new wineskins. This was a new covenant signed by his blood, and it was to look like a marriage. My guys are enjoying a marriage. You guys. You're in grief. You're doing this God life like a funeral. We've got to get the kids up. Someday you get the kids up. And I, my time of doing funerals, I would say I've only seen a few kids. Want to protect them, didn't we? Want to protect them from the sting or grief. Only kids I've ever seen is just direct descendants of the person. And even then, some choose to not take their kids near a funeral. Because they might be noisy. What happens if they're noisy? They can't be noisy at a funeral. It's unacceptable. Because it's how to do with order. You stand up, you sing, you sit down. There's a eulogy. There's the words. It's got to be done in silence. The kids... Kids love a marriage dance. Am I right? The kids love a marriage dance because they're at a wedding. Come on, kids, we really need you this morning. If the worship band would like to come up, but once they show a service, are looking for a funeral, but we're looking for a marriage. We understand we've got to teach them as they want to be taught downstairs. But I love seeing kids in worship, do you? Mm -hmm. I, got, I got grumpy on my old people, come on. This is a marriage, kids love a marriage. This is not a funeral. You can go somewhere for your funerals. But this is a marriage. And for us all people, I'm not forcing you to dance their own thing. You might be an expert dancer, like Miriam in the Radiate team, if you could mind that, Des. Or you could be like me, Fazmera, the drunk uncle at the wedding. I lack movement. I can move, but I lack movement. In fact, I've got in kids, I've got kids chauffeurs. I need you to blow them. Because this is a marriage. This is not a funeral. <coughs> Far one scene, kids. I can't get you out because that's infected. <laughs> Go ahead and give me the kids. But I need you to use them during praise and worship because this is a marriage. This is not a funeral. And I need the youth. Bar's a precious youth. For the grumpy people, I came for your thinking, this is just a holly rocket this morning. And yes, maybe need to loosen up. This could get messy. 
Well, I tell you, if you're a grumpy person that thinks this has got to get messy, you're probably right. But it's okay. Because this is a marriage, not a funeral. And the young people are going to blast us balloons on Friday night they was blowing up by us balloons. And I got to take them out. I actually ordered confetti canisters, but they didn't come. They're good ones as well, but there's always next week. And I want you not to be fake and think, oh, let's get in the flesh. I want you to just sense that this is a marriage. And let the world or religion say, why are they having a good time? It's because this is a marriage to be celebrated. And this isn't a funeral. Life can be miserable enough without religion marking it a funeral. Jesus is the hope of the world. And adults, I just need you to loosen up. That's all I'm asking. Just loosen up. Give yourselves a shack. Want to sing a few songs. A few of your favourites. Wind your body. Wiggle your belly. Some of you have got a lot to wiggle. <laughs> Including me. I think you should stop there. I'm going to stop there. Okay, so the worship band are just going to lead us in a few praise songs. And we're just going to hear a marriage celebration. Recognise for it is to be saved. If you, you're wanting saved, this is the best morning to do it, the morning of celebration. But I've said enough. We're just going to hear a few praise songs like this is a marriage. Feel free just to boot some balloons. We need to stand in marriages as well, so that'd be good.